Hello, and welcome to Core Sampler, the podcast where we drill into the Sitecore community to bring you insights into the work talented people are doing every day on the Sitecore Experience platform. Whether you're a developer, a marketer, or both, we're glad you're here. And now your host, Derek Dysart. Welcome to Core Sampler. My name is Derek Dysart. In this episode, we're talking with Stephen Pope from Sitecore. Uh, Stephen recently just presented on the new publishing service that was written in .NET Core, and I wanted to kind of get him on to kind of talk about what what Sitecore is doing, looking at uh, Microsoft's new .NET Core, and uh, what it kind of means for developers. Stephen, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. So you guys, um, when you went to do the publishing service, you, you made the decision to go to .NET Core. What was what was kind of the thinking behind that? Okay, well, it kind of started a little bit before that. Um, some of the MVPs may remember when we were last in Las Vegas, I think it was two symposiums ago. I, I presented about some sort of research work that we'd been doing um, called Threepwood, which was our, our internal name. Um, and that was the idea of, with Netcore, Microsoft had been taking the monolith, which was system.web and everything around their web framework, and yep. breaking it up into smaller bits. And, um, you know, and that was the plan for Netcore, that you would, uh, instead of taking everything along for the ride, you take along the things that uh, you only need to do the, the job uh, that you need to do. So if you don't need... Um, you know, cryptography or anything like that. You, you only t- you, you don't need to take that along and, and splitting it up. And it seemed a good time for Cycle, who was pretty much in the same boat. We were very much tied to system.web and we were very much tied to having Cycle.kernel, which is our sort of one monolithic kind of DLL that, that is ever present. And, you know, if you want to bring something along with Cycle in it, you have to bring everything along with it as well. Sure. So Threepwise was the idea of breaking these things up, looking at what it would look like to split out configuration, split out pipelines, split out, um, you know, the the, the data layer, um, the presentation layer into these components and sort of say, well, if I'm building a service, um, but I don't need the presentation layer or I'm building a service and I just need a bit of configuration and logging and other things, you know, what would that look like? And um, it was sort of saying that the kernel was great, but uh, you couldn't really get in and replace any parts of it. Sure. So um, the publishing service, so, you know, we did this work and did a lot of proof of concepts around that and, and, and what it would look like because we knew Microsoft were moving in this direction. We want to stay um, ahead of the game uh, and also, you know, make sure that we research and, and follow what Microsoft are doing. And it all seemed very, very sensible. Break it down into smaller chunks and everything like that. So um, once we'd done that, we were then looking for... Uh, a way of because you do proof of concepts and it's kind of okay up until a point but you yep. you, you want something to focus on and, and so um we looked at the publishing publishing being the oldest part one of the oldest parts of Sitecore. um also extremely kind of uh, buried deep and you know inside of uh, of the kernel um uh, one of the the other ongoing things was to put uh abstractions and introduce dependency injection so while that was happening for 8.2 we tried to see, well, what? how do we scoop uh, a publishing service out? How do we then break that down into its own microservice? And then how do we run it on uh, the, the sort of net core way of doing things, i.e. Uh, everything's bundled together. 
you don't need to install everything. You just uh, the only th the things that you need come along for the ride, and, and 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 you don't need anything else. So we were able to take some of the components that we'd worked on before, like um, looking at our configuration, um, some of the work we were doing on a on a new style data provider that got rid of some of the old inefficiencies and other things, uh -huh. and and that's pretty much where where we were. So it was a first. Um, real world uh, useful <laughs> for our customers way way of doing something and obviously now um, Microsoft and Sitecore working together on Azure it, it's all about cloud first so uh -huh. this service had to run you know natively on Azure be very be very happy and being in Netcore you just get that the abstracted host thing means I can run it uh, as an IS site as a console application or as just a, an Azure app. And sure. there's, there's no difference. There's no changing configuration or anything. It just runs, listens to a, a port and uh, and away you go. So Yeah, and it's probably worth stepping back uh, for folks that haven't, um, haven't aren't completely familiar with the publishing service. If you just give kind of a, a, a brief overview of what it does is basically replaces the native publishing that's in Sitecore. Yeah, I mean, the, the idea was, you know, we looked at the publishing and, and you know, one of our kind of number one customer kind of issues out in the field was was, was slow publishing. And it was just because, like I say, it's 10, 11 years old and, and some of the, the the features that have been added into Sitecore and the way, uh, and, and the, the you know, our customers have got larger and larger. We've, you know, moved from small businesses now to, to sort of enterprise clients. and. Yep. They're not having, you know, tens of thousands of items. They're counting their, their items in, in millions. And, yep. you know, you've got media and, and all that other stuff as well. And um, the way that the old publishing worked was by accessing everything one by one. And so with the publishing service, we changed that. So we're now accessing things in batches. We're doing things, we're reading all languages. We're doing moving items in, in batches of 500, just trying to be as efficient, uh, you know, as we can as possible. And so, yeah, that was the, the, the goal of it. And, you know, uh, the... The, the the default um, cycle pub you know default cycle install uh, a full republish would take you between three and five minutes and now it takes you six seconds yeah, yeah. so yeah, uh, a, if, if if you haven't seen a demo of it that's I think what hit me the first time I saw it demoed is you take <laughs> it's not uh, a very was, long demo <laughs> well, it was it was it was a default install of I think it was a two because it, it requires yep. A2. And uh, I mean, we've all sat and watched the publish window forever and yep. you demoed it and like, okay, I'm going to do a full republish of this. And it was, it literally was like five seconds. And yeah. it was, uh, you know, you're like, okay, that's a game changer. Because I don't know how many times, I mean, if, if you've worked on Sitecore at all, you're sat and waited at that publishing window for yeah. quite a while. So yeah, it was, it was, it, it, it's definitely something that was well needed. Um, looking kind of as you guys are moving forward, I know, um, and I don't want you to disclose anything that you can't, <laughs> but I mean, what, what, where, what's next for, for Sitecore in terms of where are they going with .NET Core and trying to break things into microservices like you did with publishing? Yeah, I mean, I, I think from Microsoft's point of view, Netcore is still evolving. They're, they're moving from 1.0 to 2.0 now. Uh, 2.0 addresses a, a lot of things in terms of compatibility. Um, one of the things we realized with the publishing service, we wanted it to run on Netcore. We wanted, it would be really great to do a demonstration where I'm like, here I am on a Linux host, mm -hmm. um, you know, rather than a Windows host and everything still works the same. But there, there was issues with uh, how the APIs uh, map through. You needed to do um, very different, code changes between the two versions you ended up with a lot of you know sort of if <laughs> uh, statements in your sort of you know um, in your code and things like that which they're addressing in 2.0 so uh, there's some really really interesting stuff in there um, about how, how they they kind of move it forward so um, 
yeah, for us, we are looking forward to, to 2.0. Uh, for us as well, it, it's this continued breakdown of the of, of the monolith. So um, these components that we have now that some of used that we've used for the publishing service are being used by other uh, cycle projects. And I think that's the the, the whole idea is to, for these smaller, leaner. Um, services to take on these components and reuse them and in that kind of NuGet world and um, you know where you're updating individual components rather than trying to update you know the whole thing so if we look at Commerce Server mm -hmm. um, Commerce Server was doing a, a very large rewrite you know they, they had a, an extremely large code base with an even bigger um, you know, even bigger numbers of lines of code that we had. Uh, you know, they had all old com stuff and other things in there and they were looking to modernize. And we'd obviously written a bunch of components that then they they took like configuration. We separated out pipelines. Uh, we now have a separate uh, rules engine. Uh -huh. uh, and they were able to sort of pick those and say, actually, this saves us a lot of time because we can, we can you know, reuse those. And it also means that there's a consistent experience for... Uh, users because configuration works the same way in, at the moment in publishing service as it does uh, in commerce server. And now with the advent of XConnect, uh, Todd Mitchell has come along and said, actually, we'd be interested in that separate configuration. We'd be interested in your rules engine because we can now write services that don't need the kernel Right, uh, right. reference to run and all the associated stuff uh, that comes with the service and it's just allowing Sitecore to write these leaner and faster and um, you know uh, sort of uh, more cloud friendly cloud ready applications and I think the the future you know not giving anything away the future is just more of more of this of of um, sort of breaking up these things and making these the, the these kind of smaller projects so um, and I think it will be a gradual thing. I don't think you'd ever go, oh, here's Sitecore 12, <laughs> right. the Net Core edition. Uh, here's Sitecore 12, the Net 462 edition. It will just be, um, you can run it on either. Um, and it will just be a case of, of, of how it runs. And hopefully it will be transparent to the user of going, well, actually, I'm going to spin this thing up on a, on a Linux box now uh -huh. uh, and, and, and run it on there because I just need a, a little lightweight, service i don't want to have to have you know the overhead of windows because i'm just running a like a mail relay for exm or right. uh, you know uh, something else like that so that's the that you know that's the goal but you know sitecore's a big ship it turns slowly um we want to from our team's point of view and, and and how we we're interested in the really low level stuff we want to give people a really good starting point that they don't have to worry about that uh, low level things they can get on and, and we can you know innovate uh, you know, people like Alex Sheber and, and other things who are writing some, you know, really, really interesting stuff yeah. to kind of propel Cycle forward, keep us uh, in the market. I mean, you know, we're a, a, a big product and, you know, we have to be aware of competitors without that right. <laughs> baggage who could, who could come. But, you know, uh, Cycle is very wisely uh, invested in a lot of kind of, you know, re research and development. And we're always kind of pushing in these, these directions as well. I think our relationship with Microsoft is fantastic in the fact that we get access to stuff early and that just as yours a really nice ecosystem there's so many you know people using cognitive services and other things and we just want to enable people to be able to plug those in as soon as those things are uh, released without having to worry about oh well if I put it on Azure I've now got to go and configure this completely differently from that it's just like well I should just be able to kind of pop it on there it be it know it's on Azure and you know uh, be happy so I think that's where you know we really want to get to with it. Awesome. I was going to ask 
as a uh, as a developer, especially if I'm you know I'm kind of out there. I you know I'm not working on low level stuff like like you know writing a product like Sitecore. I mean, you're obviously doing product work in that. But what was like what was the transition like to move from kind of doing standard.net? You know, if I'm looking. Yeah, I see all the stuff coming out of uh, out of Microsoft with .NET Core, and I, I'm trying to think of where where do I go next. What, what what was the transition like to 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 work on .NET Core versus you know maybe I'm a, a traditional developer that did web forms and maybe I've kind of gotten to MVC and in you know if I if I'm a Sitecore developer, what's what does that transition look like? I I, I think it's worth pointing out that it's not as frightening as it kind of first seems. I think there's a you know. There's a lot of problems with how Netcore is kind of worded. Right. There's a lot of things mean two things. You'll hear people talking about Netcore, Netcore tooling, Net standard, uh, you know, Net standard runtimes, Netcore apps, and 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 it is. There's a lot of overlap on things. I, generally, if you move to Visual Studio 2017, the new CS proj file that it creates mm -hmm. is a Netcore compatible CS proj file. Bam you're ready to go. Yep. Because as soon as the, the new Net Standard 2 comes out, you'll be able to then add an extra target, which will target Net Core. And you won't really have to change anything. Uh, you obviously, it'll alert you if there are any uh, API compatibilities. They've um, retired some uh, APIs and, and, and separated others. But the whole point with the 2.0 is that it's going to be a lot easier for people to, 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 to move to. So... In terms of preparation, it's, you know, Microsoft are being really, really sort of um, as handholdy as they can. And yeah. I think it's um, not a f as frightening a proposition. You know, your code doesn't change. You get to use C Sharp 7, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. It's just that if you were writing web forms, you, you're just not writing web forms anymore. You just have to right. go, well, you know, now is the time to invest in MVC because, because web forms are in four or five years is is going the way of the yeah, dodo. It's, kind it's, of thing. it's tough. Yeah, it's tough if you're if you've got web forms. And I, I, I would hope anymore that nobody's starting new projects on web forms. But it's, you know, if you're maintaining a site, you know, you're kind of like, oh, what do I do with this? Exactly. And, and the thing is, uh, you know, Microsoft will always have uh, support for it. And I guess it will always run. There just won't be any kind of fixes for it or any new features or whatever it is being kind of effectively sort of, um, you know, put out to pasture as it were. Right, but right. Microsoft will support it for you know a little while longer and 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 so you'll see you know Sitecore was you know extremely heavily web form based yeah, uh, system yeah. in terms of the content editor so our transition away from that you know has to happen and you know you know will kind of happen in the future but it's just sort of saying if you're starting um you know a new project it's fairly clear now you know mvc is you know there's there's no point investing in in that kind of web forms stuff and you know Microsoft are there and there's a, there's a lot of stuff out there to help you transition um, from what you know web forms to MVC um, but Microsoft are bringing things out like uh, what they're calling Razor Pages sure. which will work in a not in a web form way but it'll be a single page that will uh, but it'll be a Razor page that will execute and you won't need a, a controller or you know anything behind it you can you you can access stuff in there so they're trying to bring uh, features that are familiar to people in that space to hopefully sort of be, you know start their transition in into it so um we'll you know we keep our eye very closely on microsoft and and and, and seeing what they're doing you know try and feedback where we can about good ideas or bad ideas sure, so sure. um like i said I, I, the general thing is 
I don't think it's as scary uh, as people think. It's not going to be this kind of everything gets you know turned off <laughs> and the and the new stuff gets turned on. It will be this sort of uh, you know gradual thing that you'll start to see. Uh, more stuff just start running because we, 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 you know you say netcore but there is actually running on netcore and then there's running on the full framework which yeah. at the moment would be like 462 or right. four, you know right. uh, 47 and that will, will, will still be there you'll still have that option to target both uh, and then gradually over time you could go well this is a small project um, I can now run this I can try and compile it against netcore see if it works uh, you know and then and then try it if not you target the full uh, the full framework as you've always done so um, there's lots of get out of jail cards in yeah, terms of yeah, in terms of that kind of thing but it is moving quite fast at the moment so I can understand that people are not making that kind of investment um, you know to to look at it because you know sometimes we've had the ground change from under us in terms of what we understand about it but I think 2.0 will be a very solid uh, release and uh, you know there'll be a, a, a larger wave of, of traction in, in in that direction but you know the advice is MVC don't do web forms everything else will pretty much sort of fall into fall into place and as soon as you're using VS 2017 which most people will probably move to you, you won't realize that that capability is just sitting there right. under the covers kind of waiting for you to for, for you to use it so because it, it, it just feels familiar it's a yeah. it's, it's the same same language you've always used yeah, your solution kind of will look absolutely identical to it but you know uh, when you suddenly decide you're going to target the net core uh, API, you add it as a, uh, you know, as a as, as a target, and you'll get the squiggly red lines if there's, you know, there's there's any problem. You just, uh, you know, in the in the Visual Studio interface. Awesome. So, you know, for us, we try to run a net core with the publishing service. Like, you know, I really wanted to do a demo where I'd be like, here it is, running on a Raspberry Pi on Linux. Um, you know, but we had problems with third party apps. Uh, mainly the kind of dependency injection kind of base ones who were still doing lots of reflection where which is where the biggest changes were sure, sure. um that they they couldn't move across and so we were like oh don't yeah, <laughs> and yeah. the the some of the sql drivers weren't up to it they are up to it now um but uh, like i say we're waiting for for net standard uh two to to, to to come along it's a bit of a minefield it is it is a little bit confusing sometimes um and we like within our team just get frustrated where we're like is this tooling that's changed now to 2.0 or 1.1 yeah, yeah. or other things like that? So uh, Microsoft hopefully will get a more unified sort of communication uh, out about it. I think that's the only thing where, I mean, the product itself is awesome. It's doing things in, in, in all the right places. Um, I think some desktop kind of WPF kind of old style developers are feeling a little kind of left behind because it is moving quite rapidly. Yeah, but for yeah. web developers, everything is kind of in your favor. It is, yeah. is very much like, you know, how do we do these things separately? How do we interact with JavaScript and kind of node services and, 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 and all these other things? You know, how do we spin up small web servers and, uh, you know, make everything sort of tight, efficient? How do we get it onto Azure without any problems? So. Yeah, it's yeah, good. it's definitely they're they're definitely heading in uh, an interesting direction. I think I, uh, I you know, I've talked to other folks and just the, the 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 shift in direction that Microsoft has done of moving away from. I mean, they still have their core their their core business of Windows and Office, but they they're, they're moving more and more towards uh, a, a, the service orientation. Has just been it's been interesting to watch as as they go that way. Yeah, I think I think with with the move to Azure, they've had to kind of dog food a lot of their own things. So yep. if their their own stuff doesn't stand up to being put on the cloud or or other things like that, and it, and and web forms, the system dot web world just wasn't 
you know, wasn't they weren't able to get to where they needed to get to. So it buried us a, a, a long ways from back in the classic ASP days. Yeah. You know, it got us to where we are now. So it was a it was a great technology, but it's you know it's, it, it had its time, and now it's yeah. time to time to move on. So for folks that don't maybe know you, what what kind of exactly is your role within Sitecore, and kind of how long how long have you been with the company? I have been using Sitecore for about twelve years now. So I was one of the first UK partners, uh, one of the first UK MVPs. Um, very many moons ago where there weren't trips and nobody got anything. And I, yeah. just, uh, <laughs> I just had a, had my name on a list kind of thing. But um, no, so I've been working with Sitecore, you know, a, a, a good long time. I've been at Sitecore for uh, just over five years now. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, trying to concentrate on some of the, you know, taking the things that uh, not bothered me about the products, but, you know, the kind of low level stuff that, you know, me and my team find kind of interesting and, and, and sort of improving them from the ground up. So as I always say, there's, you know, no sexy buttons. It's all about kind of performance and this sort of underlying things that allow the people above to innovate and, you know, just bring bring the product forward. And we're, you know, they're kind of trying to solve those solutions. So, yeah, I, I just, you know, did a lot of work with customers, a lot of work with, you know, very big sort of um, institutions from kind of governments, you know, through... Uh, know a smaller and then and, and um worked as a kind of consultant going around in terms of um in, in terms of cycle but um i found a real good home on the the uh the the, the product team the first thing i did was cycle seven i did the content search okay. in cycle seven along with uh, uh some other guys and it was really nice to reach out and uh, it was kind of an unknown thing for Sitecore for us to get involved with the community and it was you know we we did a lot of hangouts and extra sort of you know, like visual podcasts kind of thing, sure, sure. Um, explaining the, 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 the differences. So that was good. Then we worked on a product called FXM. Um, that was our, our, our little team. So uh, we, um, we, we, we got to uh, look at how, you know, a third, third party sites could consume um, cycle components. Yeah, I was going to um, say, I think a, a lot of people may see FXM in, in the config folder and may not necessarily know exactly what it is. It's yeah. uh I saw a demo of a, a early version of that on, I think, back on the six time frame, and it was, yeah. uh, it. I mean, it, it, if you don't know what it is, it's it's basically allowing you to do a lot of the personalization that you can do within Sitecore and track goals and stuff like that, and be able to do that on your WordPress site or yeah, you know, a, exactly any, any other site that's not running on Sitecore. It's yeah, it was for people that you know, even a big organization, they've moved to Sitecore, they've got. 50 sites they can't move them all at once it's a gradual process but they want to start using the experience analytics and other things like that so you know how do you see those visits to those php pages and other things and how do you feed them back into that central thing otherwise you end up with you know Sitecore collecting its own analytics and then you, somebody putting Google Analytics or some other thing on there and you end up with silos of data that don't relate to each other and other things like that. So, yeah, our project was to to kind of look at that and, and, and how we can kind of feed that back. And that's been, you know, really, you know, re, I mean, it's moved on to another team now who are maintaining yep. it. But, you know, it was really nice to to kind of do that work and uh, and solve a load of those um problems for people yeah it's a cool little it's a it's a cool little tool i've seen you know some of the demos of where people are using it it's 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 uh you know it's pretty amazing to be able to get the same personalization rules right within yeah. uh you know 
like I said, a WordPress site or something <laughs> yeah. like that. It's just kind of interesting. You get some headaches when you go across domains, but there's just issues with cross-domain cookies and yeah. other things that are completely out of your hands and you can't do anything about it and you try and explain to people that, you know, the web is protected in some ways to stop people kind of, you know, hijacking cookies and other things like that. And why can't my, this from this other domain get the cookies from this domain? It's like, well, it's not going to let you. And uh, yeah, so there were, there were some uh, sort of interesting challenges there. And I think that's what, you know... Um, myself and you know the guys on my team we like a we like a good engineering challenge and, yeah. and you know it keeps us uh, keeps us innovating the product and it keeps us you know kind of uh, coming back for more so uh, yeah yeah well hey, I really appreciate the time sitting down to, to talk about this where can if uh, people want to find you online where can where can they find you just on Twitter at Stephen Pope, one word, uh, PH. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, um, you can grab us on Slack in yeah. the publishing service channel. All our guys sit in there. So if you want to try out publishing service and something's not working right, you know, I have to say that the Cycle community has been, you know, really great uh, in terms of, you know, we, we thought with this, this release, we'll try and see how it works in terms of Slack and in terms of the Stack Exchange. Yeah. Um, uh, sort of channel as well and we, it's really allowed us to prioritise our uh, features things that we thought were important weren't important to the customers that we were seeing having issues and so we were able to kind of in our latest update we were able to you know push out a load of things that solve problems things just the simplest things that like where we hadn't documented something well enough or it wasn't clear enough yeah. Um, yeah. you can get instant feedback on that and, it, and it, it was really good to just go in and you know reword a paragraph and then suddenly it, 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 it you know it's clear to people on it and uh so yeah grab us on slack uh you know you can put things on stack exchange and we're looking we're always interested to see how people want to use the publishing service yeah. uh, and the weird and wonderful configurations that they've got and whether you know we we can kind of fit into that or whether we need to do anything more to fit into that so it's it's really nice now with Sitecore. i think in 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 the past we've you know, worked on things and then given it away to kind of support and other things. But now Cycle Policy is, you know, the team that works on something, that project stays with them. Nice. Uh, nice. And, and, and it feels really good for us because, you know, you publishing services is our, right? yeah, yeah, and it's our baby as well. And, and, and you know, we can kind of say, right, now we're going to take two weeks to do all of these fixes that have been waiting for a while. And like I say, the community lets us prioritize them and, and we can kind of release regularly with, with, with um, updates, but also we can work on other stuff stuff and and switch between it so it's been uh, it, it's been really nice so we're hoping um you know to push out more features with publishing service but um you know take on new things as well yeah yeah and i guess that's a good call to action if you're if you're on a2 which is kind of the minimum for publishing yeah. service definitely give it a shot you know even you know just see if it's going to work for you because i just for the performance gains alone uh you know your, your, your content editors will be happy that they're don't have to wait forever yeah. for it's for free publishing. it's free you don't need an extra license for it so you know the cost of getting on a dev machine and just playing with it are um you know uh, you, the, the, you know the cost are next to zero if you go to stephenpope.co.uk forward slash publishing there is a quick start guide where you can uh, it'll take you through how to get from sort of zero to uh, installed and up and running with a kind of local dev version of the the publishing service and just try it out throw awkward you know sites that you've got at it see you know how you're publishing uh, times they should come down right, right, <laughs> if hopefully. they don't come and see us. But, uh, you know, that, that, that's what I just want to kind of say is that, you know, we've tried and tested this thing now. More and more people taking it on. Uh, you know, please uh, go out and just, just try it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening. And, and Stephen, thanks again for, for being on the show. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks for having me. 
Thanks for joining us for this episode of Core Sampler. To see show notes from this and past episodes, please visit coresampler.fm. There, you can also subscribe to this podcast to get new episodes as soon as they're released. If you liked what you heard today, please tell a friend and then go to iTunes to rate and comment on our show. Even if you're using a different app to listen to us, those ratings and reviews really do help others find us. Are you a professional working with Sitecore and interested in joining the show? Or would you like to leave some feedback directly? We want to hear from you. Drop us a line at info at coresampler.fm. That is all for this episode of Core Sampler. We'll see you next time.